Welcome to another episode of On the Highway. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and each week we bring you an expert in the mortgage and real estate realm. You can learn how to navigate the housing and real estate highway to take your business to the next level. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get driving. Welcome to another episode of On the Highway. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and today's guest is Joel Comp. He's a divisional president at Gold Financial Services. He's a top 1% originator in the country, and he's the creator of the Comp Factor. You can follow his journey by clicking the links in today's show notes. But without further ado, join me in welcoming Joel Comp. Joel, thank you so much for being on the podcast here today. And, uh, you know, I like to start this off on a question that I always find quite fascinating because, you know, listen, all of us that are in this mortgage industry, it's not like we woke up one day and said, you know what, I want to be in the mortgage space. So my first question for you is, how did you get here? Oh, my goodness. Uh, How did I get into the mortgage business? It's a great question. I, I love this story. It's actually a love story. So about 22 years ago, 23 years ago, I met my wife in Austin, Texas. Uh, Briefly, she liked me so much that she was going to leave me and go to San Antonio to get in the mortgage business. And I had a little bit of money in my pocket and I said, I'm going to come with you. So I decided to leave Austin, go down to San Antonio, specifically get in the mortgage business, discover that it was a lot harder to get in the business than I originally thought. You know, nobody would actually hire me or give me a look because I didn't have mortgage experience. So I actually sat around for about 90 days before I could actually get an interview with a mortgage company in town. It was a wholesaler and I got the receptionist position. So I got to answer the phones at a wholesale shop, you know, coming from a sales position up in Austin. uh, I just took whatever I could get my foot in the door. About two weeks in a broker, right at Gold Financial Services, you know, was bringing one of those great loans that they had to hand deliver back in the day to talk to the underwriter to get an approval on. And he he saw me, he heard how I talked on the phone, and the owner of that um, wholesale shop said, you should hire this kid. And so I was 25 years old. Go Financial hired me to be their receptionist, and I started answering the phone, setting up files, and that was my journey into the mortgage business 22 years ago. Wow, I love that. A little a little love story. Normally, it's the girl following the guy, not the other way around. So love to hear that. I, You know, one other thing that you mentioned is, you know, they heard you on the phone and mm-hmm. that kind of gave you that in. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of us, especially, you know, I'm a millennial, a lot of us younger generation, we have a hard time on the phone. I remember when I started at MBS Highway, started in sales, Right. I hated making phone calls. Do you have any tips maybe for anyone that's just getting started um, on, mm-hmm. you know, making these phone calls, how to sound professional and how to up your game? Because I think it's something we can always be working on. For sure. For sure. Um, it's called fa- failure to launch. If you sit around trying to perfect your craft and trying to get exactly all the right things to say, you're going to sit around, you're going to miss opportunities. And if you're not talking to people and you're not prospecting, uh, I don't care if you're the, the best originator, the best realtor, the best belt buckle maker. It doesn't matter if nobody knows who you are and you're afraid or you can't have a conversation with somebody, you're going to fall behind and you're not going to be able to get to that next level that you always see yourself at. And so I say fake it till you make it. You know, it sounds silly, but I mean, you already know more than most people know. 
I mean, just from working in a mortgage company or working in a real estate arena, you already know more than what most potential buyers do. And so don't let what other people think about you stop you from doing what you know is right. You know, we get in our own head sometimes and we're more concerned about how somebody feels or what somebody thinks about us when really they could care less, right? They're thinking about their kid's graduation. They're thinking about what they got to get for groceries. They're not thinking about, you know, how you sound or what you said. You know, I learned a long time ago, and I think Maya Angelou said it best. You know, people are always going to forget what you said. People are always going to forget, you know, what you wrote. But people will never forget how you made them feel. So phone conversations, real conversations with people, you know, just asking them questions. You know, what's it going to be? What's it feel like to buy a home? Like, what's the most important thing for you when you're looking to get your home loan? And just let them talk to you. And the more they talk to you, the more you're going to find that they're just like you. And you can connect with them with different pieces that that's the the bond and the rapport that you're trying to build. You know, don't be too worried about having the exact loan figures or the exact answer when somebody asks you a tough question. Because honestly, none of us knew anything until somebody showed us, you know, or, or we made a mistake and said, oh, uh, don't do that again. Right. And then we learn from those things for sure. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that I really love that you said there is, you know, we sometimes feel this imposter syndrome, worried that people are going to judge us, that we don't mm -hmm. know enough. But one thing that a coach said to me, you know, years ago that I really appreciated and still remind myself of this day, whenever that imposter syndrome kind of creeps up on me is that mm -hmm. as long as you're one step ahead of someone else, you have something mm -hmm. to teach them. You have something that you can educate them on. And another thing that I really love that you said is, it's not about us, right? It's about listening to our client, their needs, their concerns. And that ultimately, you know, that's going to get you to close that client at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I think we live in a very transactional world right now. Everything is the speed of now, you know, next, next, next. And if we don't listen to people and we don't ask them what's important to them and we just assume, you know, they want the lowest rate or they want the cheapest fees or they want the house with the pool. I mean, if we just assume that we know what they're wanting, we're going to miss the mark. They're not going to feel listened to, which is going to make them feel unimportant. And they're going to go with somebody else who actually took a little bit more time. So I try to tell people you need to create delays in your system, right? You need to slow down to speed up, like take a little bit longer to have a real connection with somebody today because that's what we've actually missed out on. We've used technology to our advantage almost sometimes too far where we would rather send a text or an email or an automation or a video and we allow those you know, benefits or those tools to help us do more well, actually just to do less, right? Where we can just sit around and kind of just coast by and, and still make the same amount of money or do the same amount of loans and that's just not a sustainable future. Completely agree. Now, tell us a little bit about what the comp factor is. Oh, my goodness. So the comp factor, I started uh, 2015. Uh, I got a mortgage coach of my own, and I was trying to figure out a way to brand myself, you know, try to create something that was something that somebody would remember. And so my last name is comp, right? And so uh, I think of it as, you know, that X factor sort of things. Like, why would somebody choose Joel? Well, I come with 22 years of experience, right? And so I've seen a lot and I know how to put loans together. I think that I'm probably one of the more crafty, intelligent originators out there on how to structure a deal, turn it sideways, right? Get the loan to, to go through. And that's when you can really make some dreams happen. And so I wanted to give people a competitive edge, something to take the uncertainty out of this whole 
uh, arena, you know, of concerns, you know, because most people are really concerned, almost to a state of like purgatory, right? Where they're unsure how things are going to work out. They're taking time off from work. They're, they've got, you know, funds to be paid at closing. You know, they've got a lot of things that they're juggling. And at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun to buy a home. Mm -hmm. So if I can give somebody the peace of mind, take all that uncertainty away from them, take all that stress away from them and say, look, you're, you're in my care. I know what I'm doing. I would not tell you this is going to work unless I felt strongly that we're going to be able to do it. There's the gold experience is what I sell. There's about 10 different things that separate me from other lenders. But the comp factor is giving people that peace of mind feeling up front that they made the right decision, that they've got the right person on the job. They can feel comfortable that their loan paperwork is going to be there when we get to closing, that their mortgage payment is going to be very similar to what they've been you know, shown that their funds to close is 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 right what it's supposed to be and they're not they're not having a bunch of tears and a bunch of angry words at you on closing day they're giving you literally high fives and hugs and you're creating a relationship you know because at the end of the day you're trying to have a positive impact on your community and yeah. so you want people to enjoy their experience with you because they're going to go out and they're going to tell everybody about their experience with you and you want them to share all the good things so they have no problem telling the next neighbor or the coworker or the family friend or the, you know, whoever it is in the future. So you're not always selling, you know, you're in the reorder business now. Now, not only is the comp factor, you know, related to how you manage the transaction, talk to customers, listen to customers. But one thing that I noticed is that you have so much educational content that you're putting out there as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so many people are so hesitant to get started with creating that content. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, you know, how did you, did you feel that way when you initially started creating this content and how did you overcome that? Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that over time, the landscape is changing. You know, people now want to find their lender online. They want to take the recommendation of strangers over family and friends. You know, they don't want to have a conversation with somebody before they trust them. And so I saw the need that you really needed to be known first. And so, like I said earlier, if you're really good at what you do, but nobody knows who you are, well, then who cares? Yeah. You know, you have to be known to be needed. And so I said, we have to be able to have a digital presence, some type of ecosystem that allowed people, whether it was Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or TikTok or you name it, right? I mean, there's all these different ways that people get their information. And so you have to be able to deploy it all over there. And it goes back to the failure to launch. I mean, if you're worried about giving information to somebody, then you need to figure out how to get around that. You know, go ahead and deploy what you know to be true. And then you'll do a second version of it and you'll figure out, oh, well, that worked. Let me do something different or a follow up. And you just gradually get into it. And so I noticed this probably two or three years ago, you know, when we started digitally signing everything, it was more and more electronic. You know, I don't get to see a lot of my clients in person. You know, it's either Zoom calls or phone calls or, you know, lots of people I barely even know, but they know my voice. Right. And they, they know how I make them feel through the through the loan process. And that's when it keeps them coming back and it keeps them referring their friends. And that's what I enjoy. You actually create relationships with people. Um, so it's not it's no longer a transaction. Right. It's a relationship that you built with referral sources and and borrowers the same. Now, right now, we're kind of in a downturn in the market. You know, a lot of people 
well, a lot of people are struggling because not too long ago, their origination levels were through the roof, right? right? But as we know, there's ups and downs in this business. And, you know, you've been in the industry, you said 22 years now. I'm right. curious, do you have any tips for people out there that maybe haven't been through a cycle like this before? How do you manage the ups and downs? Oh, um, what you got to do is you basically got to remember everything that you did to get to the point to where you are now. And what I mean is, is that I'm exhausted. You know, everybody in this industry is exhausted. You know, we are competing and no, no offense. I actually think it's really awesome. You, you can take a 22 year veteran like myself against the two month rookie and you put us online. We're going to look the same. You know, you can have somebody with not a lot of experience, but really good at, you know, content. They're going to show up like a professional and they're probably going to outshine the the veteran originator. Right. And every professional, um, I don't care what industry you're in, you cannot stop doing the things that got you there. A lot of us older, you know, OG originators. Right. Who think I've made it. I put in my dues. You know, I worked really hard to get where I am. If you made money in 2020 and 2021, it was not because you are a phenomenal salesperson or you just had a phenomenal system that got you there. Pretty much anybody who had a license could sell a house or originate a loan because everybody was trying to refinance or buy a home. So get that out of the way. All your previous two-year success, I don't care. But last year and this year is when you actually show who you are because we are now having to compete like we've never competed before. And I'm not talking about just getting the lead, I mean, get the lead, get it qualified, get them under contract, get them approved, get them into closing, because that loan is about to leak out of the, the system at any point because of all the competition that's still trying to take it from you. So it's back to the, the, the basics. You have to be prospecting, right? You have to be creating content. You have to be, you have to be an influencer. And what I mean by an influencer is you have to be consistently giving value right? So consistent value over time makes you an influencer. And by being an influencer, you can impact people's decisions on who they choose. Like you can't tell somebody to buy a house. They have to choose to buy a house. And you can't tell somebody, you got to use my guy, right? No, you, they have to choose you, right? And so you have to put yourself in their ecosystem, right? And then walk them through this journey. So people first have to know who you are. They have to like what you do. They have to trust what you're saying, right? And then once those three things happen and they decide that they want to buy, they buy from you, right? Because they know who's the comp factor. I don't know. This is some guy who puts stuff online. He says some things. He shows me some things. But I know that I learned some stuff from him. So when I know I need a home loan, I'm going to go choose the comp factor because that's the guy who does home loans. The same thing works for real estate agents, right? You got to put yourself out there as the expert in your in your city, in your, you know, region, you know, in your state, lots of multiple licensed people all over the place. You just got to put yourself out there. So when people decide on their own that they want to do a life event, they think of you first and that's the person that they choose. And then there's really no competition for everybody else because their mind's made up. You know, there's not, there's not a lot of decisioning because you've already created that feeling for them where they know you, like you, trust you, buy from you. And one thing that can kind of, you know, help during these challenging times as well as is various tools. And you are a mm -hmm. user on MBS Highway. And you know, I'm curious how MBS Highway has helped you in your business. 
Sure. So I like the word user, right? Because I'm not just sitting around playing a game. I'm actually like treating this as a profession. So Mainbase Highway is a really sweet um, system. It's got a lot of tools and stuff that are probably um, beyond my knowledge, right? Just because they're so education, right? They can take somebody like me, make me sound smart for about five minutes and everybody's like, oh my goodness, Joel knows everything, right? But probably my favorite tool, right? Is the buy versus rent. You know, well, buy versus rent or the cost of waiting, yeah. right? Because what we've had here is a raising rate, rate environment, right? So everybody's, you know, I want 3% rates, you can't have them, right? You're going to get a 7% rate. And they don't want to buy because they feel that the rates are going to come back down. But what they're missing out on is the appreciation of the property, right? They're missing out of paying down the loan. They're missing out on interest rates continuing to, to go up. And so when you show somebody the actual cost that it costs you to wait, and you say, look, it's going to cost you another 10 grand to wait six months, or it's going to cost you another 25 grand if you wait a couple of years, you're missing out on money. And I tell people, it's like, there is no perfect home. Like, you're not going to find a house that has all the bells and whistles and everything's attached to it. I said, even the ugly houses make money. I said, just look at the facts. Facts do not have feelings. And so I went to all my real estate agents and I was like, I have to be able to help you motivate your buyers. You have buyers out there that are wanting to buy, but they're hesitant because they're afraid they're going to make a wrong decision. Let's take the uncertainty out of the equation because facts don't have feelings, right? And let's just lay it down, right? Really quick. So the cost of waiting, really cool for that analytical person, that engineer that has to have all the numbers broken down. But the buy versus rent is probably my favorite one because yeah. it's clean, it's simple, it's beautiful. It says all the information. If you plan on renting, look what happens over the next one through five years, right? Versus buying, right? If you plan on buying, so look what happens. I'm telling you right now, if you were to buy a home and you were to sell it in five years, you were going to make money. You're legit going to basically be living housing free, right? In mm -hmm. five years because of the market appreciation. And these aren't my numbers. These are statistical data. Yes. And this is actually lowballing this stuff. Like I'm not even fudging it. I'm actually pulling it down to like a 5% appreciation, right? I'm like mm -hmm. really dialing it back. And you look at it over time, it's like a no brainer. So when you look at it from that point, you got to remind people, it's like the home is, is an asset. Mm -hmm. It's the future tool to you to be able to retire. Most of our generational wealth is not from trust funds or, or brokerage accounts or all this money. It's in our home, right? A lot of yeah. the people, their value or their crude um, equity is in their home. And so if you don't buy a home today, it'll cost you more money in the future because they will be more expensive. And so you're going to lose out on that market appreciation. The people who bought homes the last couple of years are dancing in the streets because yes, they, they are so much in their homes. And so there's an opportunity that you're missing out on. And so when I share that with people, the real estate agents, eight eyes open up because yeah. if I have, if I have real estate agents that refer me business, that's how I get the majority of my leads. Right. So I, I pay for business, you know, off of ads or I have builder accounts and I have circle of influence and friends and past clients, but the majority still come from real estate agents. Mm -hmm. So I, I have real estate agents that I depend on to refer me business and they don't have buyers buying homes. They're going to get out of the business. And then I have to go create a whole new army of real estate agents to refer me. So if I can arm my real estate agents with the tools, right, and the, the systems that they can share with their buyers, it's a great call to basically say, hey, favorite realtor or, hey, realtor, I don't know. I was working on this with another client and I thought you would enjoy it, too. I just sent you a copy of it. I'm going to call you soon to go over it so you can share it with some of your clients as well. 
And so it's just a great motivator, right? Yeah. What a great tool to give some people some information that they haven't thought about. Because most of the time when people say, I'm not going to buy, I'm just going to rent. And you go, why? Oh, I read something online, right? Or my friend said yeah. the housing bubble is going to happen. And I was like, based on what? So, I mean, give them yeah. some real information that's actually backed by facts and let them make the own decision. And, it, and it's actually a really good tool. So buy versus rent. I Never think my favorite line, I think my favorite line is facts don't have feelings. I'm, I'm going to no. start using that now. I love it. Yeah. Um, absolutely love that. Now, also for those listening to the podcast right now, you may not know this, but MBS Highway did recently acquire List Reports. And Joel, you're a user of List Reports too. So same question. How has List Reports help you grow your business? So List Reports, well, List Reports is cool because it's one of those value ads. So I actually took List Reports and gave it to all of my real estate agents that I do business with, right? Because I wanted to create another value add. You know, why do people want to do business with the compactor? It was, oh, look, all these things that come with it. Well, List Reports is one of those cool tools that gives some people some of that content you were talking about. So making content is hard, right? I mean, I don't know how to do it. I have to have people help me do it, right? And then they make me look good, but nobody knows that except for the people on this podcast. So List Reports is really awesome because it gives real estate agents the opportunity to deploy the social media ecosystem, right? You have to be known to be needed. You have to be giving people information where they get it. You know, they get it on their phone. You know, yeah. probably five years from now, I won't have a laptop or a computer. I'm going to, maybe I'll have a chip, you know, just stuck in my head. And that's where, you know, I'm going to get all my information, but it's literally on your phone. So giving real estate agents the opportunity to market other properties that may not even be theirs, right? It doesn't have to be your listing because listings are great. I mean, that's pretty much a commission check for them, right? They just need to put the sign in the yard and then here comes the money. So the, the marketing kits that give the listing, you know, packages are really neat. But the real value I see in that is the, the shareables, right? The content that show, that's inside of list reports that already has information about home buying and properties. Some of the, I think it's called a um, list pack where you can actually yeah. put stuff out where it gives agents, you know, for defined areas, what they're looking for, or maybe even houses that have, you know, pools or updated kitchens or, or larger, you know, bedrooms that has all those things that you can design for a client. It's really cool because you can, you know, create that consistent value for people that makes you an influencer, right? Within your own your own ecosystem. So I do it with my, my listing agent. So I've been in the business a while. I've got a consistent pipeline. So we created a workflow that we actually, as soon as the deals come in, who's the listing agent, we send them an email, we share it with them. We get them hooked into it. We call them on Mondays. Hey, did you get a chance to check out the list reports? So like, oh no, what is it? And then we go into the script on what it does and how they can use it. You know, And once they actually sign in, well, then they Amazing. get access even more information, right? Yes. Some of the actual city statistics, right? Some of the uh, the database of all the shareables with the, the all the imaging and, and data that goes along with it. I love the, I think it's called infographics, you know, the yeah. stuff of, yeah. When, yeah, when you have a home in a neighborhood and it's not just uh, a picture of the house, you know, it's like, what are the schools ranked, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of restaurants are close by? How much do they cost? Um, where's the park, you know, what's, what's to do outdoors All the fun stuff that people like. Yeah. And what I love about it too, is, you know, they have to be connected with you and they can only be connected with you to mm -hmm. get all of that content. So, yeah. you know, absolutely love that. Listen, I have one more question for you to wrap okay. this up. Okay. 
And I always like to end with this question, but if you could go back in time to when you started in this industry, knowing everything that you know now, what are some words of wisdom that you would tell yourself? Oh my goodness. Oh man. Oh man. What would I do to tell myself? I would probably tell myself to get out of my own head, right? To not be concerned about what other people think of me. Right. And I still think I struggle with that. If you wanted to be honest, you know, um, you're always having self-doubt. You know, um, I did learn to not live life by the metrics. And what I meant by that is I would set goals for myself. You know, I want to close two loans. I want to close four loans. I want to get to a million dollars. I want to get to five million dollars by putting those limits on me. That's all I pushed for. And it was all about the number. And I missed the actual journey. Right. I actually missed the benefit and the joy of taking 10 prequels, that was the yeah. joy, not actually closing 10 loans, right? Because I'm not going to make my goal all the time. And so when I don't make my goal, I failed. And then I don't feel like I accomplished anything. And that was something that I had to learn. It took me a while to learn. Don't live life by the metrics, right? Yes. Set your goals, keep pushing yourself, but find joy in the actual work. Because when you consistently do the things that you know are important, and you consistently do the things that are going to get you there where you want to be, it's always a step up. I mean, it's always uphill the entire time. And so as long as you're rowing, as long as you're climbing, as long as you're mm -hmm. continuing to work towards that goal, consistently, before you know it, you're going to be head and shoulders above your competition because nobody wants to put in the work. Everybody wants the joy of being the top producer. Yeah. Everybody wants the joy of being number one, but nobody wants to put in the work. Right. And so yeah. that's what I had to really um, get consistent with. You know, I had to have the discipline. I had to get the right attitude and I had to not be so worried about not hitting that goal because that doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It just means that there's still more work to do. Yeah. You know, I love that you mentioned that too, because I think a lot of people right now are struggling with that. I'm not hitting my goal. Right. Because mm -hmm. everything has slowed down a little bit. Me included for sure. And, but you know what, when you're locked in that mindset, you're not going to, when you're on the phone with the client, you're going to be approaching it from, oh, I got to close this deal. I got to close the deal. Cause I got to hit my numbers. You know, yeah. you have to get out of that. Cause like you said, if you're going to increase, you know, your ability to your turnover rate, you have to have a conversation with them. You have to listen to them. You have to get in their mindset. So yeah. absolutely love the words of wisdom that you shared with us today. You're welcome. Again, if you guys want to check out and learn more about Joel, you can go ahead and click the link in today's show notes. But thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.